0: Today on Telling the Truth, Stuart Briscoe shares how out of sync we can feel spiritually when we go off on our own. That's coming up, but first, your partnership is vital to keep God's word going out all over the world through telling the truth. So as thanks for your support today, we'll send you Stuart Briscoe's six message series, Thinking Clearly in a Messed Up World. Request your copy when you give today and discover how God's Spirit is working within you to renew your mind and transform your life, no matter what's happening around you. Call 1-800-889-5388. That's 1-800-889-5388, or you can give online at tellingthetruth.org. Now, here's Stuart with today's message, The People and the Book.
1: And Ezra began to read. He didn't just go on reading all the time, he would pause. But then the people were given the opportunity to ask questions. What wasn't clear was clarified. What was confusing, they tried to put it in order. And then Ezra would pick it up again, and hour after hour after hour after hour. In the heat of the day, the people stood there, hungry, hungry for the Word of God. The net result was that they became informed. Of what? Well, they became informed, first of all, of the fact that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and they were reminded that they had been created by God for God. In his image. And they were reminded of their identity. They were reminded of the fact that the God who created them had created them for fellowship with himself. He had pointed out to them that he was a personal God, a relational God, and that he had called this people to himself that he might enjoy them and they might enjoy him. So not only did they know that they were created, not only did they understand the uniqueness of their humanity— they understood that God was a God of love, and God was a God of mercy, and God was compassionate. You know how they knew that? Because as Ezra worked his way through Genesis. Guess what? He came to Exodus. and Exodus, there was the story of Moses. And the story of Moses was that God had raised him up to deliver the people from their slavery in Egypt. But Moses wasn't particularly enthusiastic about going to face Pharaoh. And so he says, God, I don't even know your name. God said, all right, I'll tell you. Exodus chapter 34, verses 6 and 7. Read it, mark it, learn it, inwardly digest it. There's the most remarkable statement there. It is God's autobiography and they listened to all this and then they got a little further on in exodus and they began to read in leviticus and they heard i the lord am holy and i have set you apart for myself therefore be holy they began to think about all this something very interesting began to happen Their hearts were stirred within them because as their hearts were stirred within them, they realized how far they had drifted from God's intention for them. I see a parallel here with the culture of which you and I are a part. When we begin to think of our identity, when we begin to think of God's covenant relationships with us, when we begin to realize how compassionate, how merciful, how long-suffering he has been, when we begin to think in terms of the incredible blessings that he's poured upon us and what we have done with them, when we begin perhaps to realize that God's self-revelation in his word has been of little or no interest to us whatsoever. Maybe uh, we begin to realize what's wrong inside. And that's what began to happen to the people in Jerusalem that day. What happens to people who become busy with their houses and busy with their security and busy with their daily lives and recognize they've got all kinds of problems and things aren't what they might be but they never turn to God and they never turn to what God has said and they never relate to what God is revealing about himself and his purpose. What happens to people like that? Well, Very, very often, they lose any sense of transcendent purpose. Try and put yourself in the sandals of the people in Jerusalem. (laughs) Actually, when they were in Babylon, and they were there for 70 years, obviously a lot of them had been born in Babylon. Lots of them had lived all their lives in Babylon. There was a very famous letter that Jeremiah the prophet had written to the prisoners in Babylon and he said, okay, just suck it up guys, you're stuck in Babylon, you're going to be there for about 70 years, make the best of it, settle down, build your homes, plant your gardens and really be interested in the well-being of Babylon, pray for Babylon and the net result was understandable because it was all a lot of them knew they just settled down there when the opportunity to go back to Jerusalem and be a pioneer you know get in an ox wagon and set off for California sort of thing they say oh no that's not for me I'm going to stay I'm going to stay here and some of the people were saying you know I think we should really go to Jerusalem and rebuild it and those people went off, and there was a nobility about them. there was something special about them. they weren't just going to take the easy road they weren't just going to take the selfish road. they were going to operate under a transcendent vision. And the transcendent vision was Jerusalem is the place where God is pleased to dwell. we need to build his temple. it is the center of our worship. God has said that this is where his presence will be. That's where we need to be. And they'd gone back, but over time, they'd lost any sense of transcendent purpose. And that's why there's emptiness in many people's hearts. They've lost any sense of transcendent purpose. Something else happens if we neglect the word of God. We find ourselves lacking a moral compass. Where in the world do we go if we want to find out not what is profitable, not what is popular, not what is comfortable, not what everybody is doing. Where on earth do we go if we want to know what is the right thing to do? What is the honest thing to do? What is the good thing to do? What is the beautiful thing to do? In other words, where do we go to learn a system of morality? And the answer is the word of God. Neglect the word of God, you neglect a moral compass. Neglect a moral compass and neglect a transcendent purpose. You're all at sea, up a creek, without a paddle. Does that sound familiar in our culture today? If we neglect the word of God and lose the sense of transcendent purpose, and if we neglect the word of God and miss out on a moral compass, could it be that our culture in the end will be degraded?
0: Is telling the truth, and you're listening to Stuart Briscoe with the second part of his message, The People and the Book. We'll hear more from Stuart in just a bit, but before we do, here's a note we received from Alicia. I listen to the Daily Message each morning as I get ready for work. I appreciate Stuart and Jill's unique perspectives. As older and wiser believers who have traveled to many countries with the gospel of our Lord, I also appreciate their scholarly approach to understanding the scriptures. I adore Joel's poetry, too. I stumbled on their mobile app, or rather, God led me to it. Praise God. Thanks for the encouragement, Alicia. That's the impact your support today can have as you help take the life-changing message of salvation to a broken and hurting world. The truth is that each day, from every corner of the planet, we're reminded that things aren't how they're supposed to be. But the Bible offers hope for this brokenness. And in Stuart Briscoe's insightful six message series, Thinking Clearly in a Messed Up World, he'll help you see how God works in you to transform and renew your thoughts no matter what's going on around you. You'll dive into Romans 12 to discover how you can respond with wisdom and courage in today's most distressing circumstances. As you sharpen your mind and strengthen your heart through God's truth, you'll discover his grace for navigating the confusion and pitfalls of life in this fallen world. Thinking clearly in a messed up world is our thanks for your gift to help more people experience life through the resources and teachings of Telling the Truth. So request your copy of Stuart's series when you give today, 1-800-889-5388. That's 1-800-889-5388 or give online at tellingthetruth.org. Now, here's more from Stuart.
1: Listen to this. This is from John Adams, the second president of the United States of America, a signer of the Declaration of Independence. Can you believe it? A Brit actually quote him from the Declaration of <laughs> Independence. This is what he said. Suppose a nation in some distant region should take the Bible as their only law book, and every member should regulate his conduct by the precepts there exhibited. <laughs> Have you got that? Just just try and imagine. that you know, you can dream. <laughs> Suppose there was a nation in some region of the world that said our only law book is going to be the Word of God. And every member will commit to regulate his conduct by the precepts there exhibited. He went on to say, every member would be obliged in conscience to temperance, to frugality, and to industry, to justice and kindness and charity to his fellow men, and to piety, love, and reverence. Towards Almighty God. What a utopia. What a paradise this region would become. <laughs> well, we can dream, can't we? No chance. No chance. You know why, don't you? Because we don't really want to live. A life characterized by temperance and frugality and industry and justice and kindness and charity and piety and love and reverence. That's why very often we neglect the word of God. You know why? (laughs) Because it tells us what we don't want to hear. Well, the wonderful thing in Jerusalem on this particular occasion was when the people heard the word of the Lord... Hour after hour after hour, they began to mourn. They began to grieve. They began to weep. Something was getting through. They were realizing what they'd been created to be. They realized what God had called them into a covenant relationship for. They began to realize the privilege of living in the land of promise. They began to recognize that the Holy God had called them to be wholly set apart for Him. And as they looked at their lives, what did they find? They'd lost transcendent purpose. They'd lost their moral compass. The whole of their lives were being lived with total disregard for the Word of God. And the Spirit of God took the Word of God home to their hearts. And they began to grieve. And here's the fascinating twist to this story. The fascinating twist to this story, <laughs> I don't think is, is what you'd expect. Certainly not what I would have expected. I would have said, praise God. Praise God. The word of God is bringing conviction. It's going to lead to repentance. It's going to lead to a new life of commitment and faith. Praise the Lord. Read the story again. <laughs> and Ezra says to the Levites, Get down among those people quick and tell them to stop weeping and tell them to stop grieving. Tell them to stop all that stuff. Today is a day that is a holy day. This is a day that God has set apart for a special purpose. It is a day when Israel is called to come before the Lord and rehearse together and rejoice together in who God is and what God has done it is a day of praise it is a day of thanksgiving it is a day of adoration it is a day of total focus on him and you're all focused on yourselves You're all focused on what you've done wrong. That's not where the focus has to be. If you get into the Word of God, the focus is not going to be on me. If you get into the Word of God, the focus is going to be on Him. When the focus is on Him, this is what you're going to discover. (laughs) You're going to discover that He is calling you to obedience. He's calling you to obedience. you know something? Sometimes when we find ourselves in difficulties, we're quick to repent. But this repentance can become extremely shallow. Let me give you some examples. Oh, I am so sorry I got caught. Oh, I am so sorry I've hurt you. And you're upset with me. Oh, I am so sorry. Because now I've got to live with the consequences of my own actions. And I don't like it. And even that kind of repentance, that cashello kind of repentance, is me-centered. Ezra says, no, we're not interested in me-centrality here. This is a day where God has said, I want you to devote yourself to my word and find in it a revelation of myself and what I have called you to. And when your mind and your heart is filled and thrilled from reading the word and finding out who I am, then you'll begin to see yourself in the right perspective when we have a vision of the Lord rather than a vision of me, and I begin to see the Lord, and I stand in his shadow. Now the repentance is a whole different brand, a whole different variety. And I wonder, I wonder if it could be true, that one of the reasons that very, very often people in our culture have no interest whatsoever in the Word of God, and even many of the people in the church have little interest in the Word of God. I wonder if it could be, because they know that if they do expose themselves to God's self-revelation in His Word, they're going to see themselves as they really are. And when they see themselves as they really are, they're going to know a huge change is necessary. Now let me ask you a question. Do you love his word? Do you read it? Inwardly digest it? Believe it? And obey it? Or does it gather dust? When you come to listen to a sermon, what is your expectation? What is your preparation for the end of the sermon? How many notes do you take? Remember what scripture says. Scripture says, Meditate upon these things. And the Lord will give you understanding. How long do you meditate on what you heard in the sermon? You see, all these questions will give you a a pretty good indication as to how important God's Word is in your life.
0: That was Stuart Briscoe with his message, The People and the Book. Now let's hear more from Stuart about today's message. Stuart, what habits have you developed so you don't fall into the trap of neglecting the Word of God?
1: When when I was a senior pastor of Elmbrook Church, I very frequently uh, used to say to the congregation, in the context of talking about their own personal reading of Scripture, I I would say to them, don't put your head on the pillow at night, if you haven't had your nose in the book during the day. And I tried to encourage the the people in the congregation to accept that as a a basic life principle. Don't put your head on the pillow at night if you haven't had your nose in the book during the day. Now, I have to say in all honesty that one well-dressed gentleman came up to me on one occasion and said, Sure, you told us today that we're not to put our head on the pillow at night uh, without having our nose in the book during the day but did you have any particular book in mind well that wasn't particularly encouraging and so i patiently explained to him yes i'm referring to god's word i'm referring to the bible and I would say uh, the, thing, the thing to do is recognize the need for a regular intake of Scripture in the same way that you have a regular intake of your daily bread, because Scripture says we need the Word of God like we need our daily bread.
0: Stuart, how do we keep our repentance from being me-centered?
1: Well, repentance uh, certainly has a me uh, dimension to it. Uh, I am the one who has done wrong. I am the one who is recognizing I have done wrong. I am the one who realizes that there needs to be a dramatic change in behavior, and I am the one who has a deep desire uh, to seek forgiveness from the Lord against whom i have sinned so in in that sense uh there is a me dimension uh to repentance but uh if we are simply uh sorry uh about what we have done uh because we were caught that's me centered if we are sorry we were caught um that's that that is me censored if we are sorry that the consequences of our actions uh, have uh, had a negative effect on our well-being that is me centered and is not true repentance true repentance acknowledges the fact i have sinned before god this displeases god it builds a barrier between me and God, and I need to turn from this behavior. I need to seek his forgiveness, and I need to make a definite change as far as my behavior is concerned.
0: Before we go, remember that when you give this month to Keep Telling the Truth broadcast like this one going out around the world, we'll send you Stuart Briscoe's six-message series, Thinking Clearly in a Messed-Up World to help you understand how God's Spirit works in you to transform you and renew your thoughts no matter your circumstances. So call now to give and remember to request your copy of Thinking Clearly in a Messed-Up World with our thanks. 1-800-889-5388 1-800-889-5388 Or you can give online at tellingthetruth.org Thanks for joining us today. Tune in next time for more biblical teaching from Stuart and Jill Briscoe here on Telling the Truth.